Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We are on the second side of the NBA season, the second half. I will not spend time quibbling over the fact that really we're like 60%, 65% of the way done with the regular season and how stupid the NBA schedule is. But while we're talking about it, the NBA schedule is really stupid, uh, including putting the in-season tournament within the first 25 games of the NBA season. I I think you might actually have more success if you took the, took the game that we're not talking about because only hacks talk about the All-Star game and how to fix it. If maybe you took that, put it 25 games in the season, and put the in-season tournament smack dab in the middle of the – and by the way, it's still probably going to suck. I don't know what to tell you. It's still pro- – you might have more guys that are healthy – but, like, it's still probably going to be the all-star game in the in-season tournament. Now, I digress because we would have to get to the Cavaliers. And I made – the first segment here is going to be a kernel of something I said. We're going to build off something, like a kernel of something I said with Daryl last week. And it, and it harkens back to the idea of expectations. And there's a temptation when you do a show like this, especially if I'm solo today, to go – all right, we're the two seed. Is it is it the playoffs? What are you judging success in the second half of the season on? And I'm here to tell you guys you shouldn't choose one thing. Um, if they finish with a top two seed, guys, it's really great. It really that'd be a real accomplishment, whether Giannis and the Bucks figure it out or not. Whether uh they push the Celtics for the one seed. If they finish with a top three, top four seed in the Eastern Conference. Even though the Bucks are where the Bucks are, even though 76ers have Joel Embiid hurt, and and who knows if they can stay a top six seed without Joel Embiid, um, it really looks like the Celtics and the rest of the East at this moment. Even even the Cavs are put kind of into that other category because the Celtics have kind of separated themselves as clear and away the best regular season team to this point. But like, it'd be great if you got the two seed, but. That, that's meaningless if you don't have postseason success. And if getting if you don't do anything with the two seed, there's another conversation to be had there about, okay, well, you're the two seed. Why didn't you do more than you did? So in a way, it only heightens the expectations. So I think the next three months to four months are maybe the most important 
four months since, or this most important stretch of time since Kyrie asked for a trade, you damn near traded Kevin Love for Paul George in the summer of 2017, and within six months, Kyrie was gone, and you had rebuilt your roster two times over, and then you ended up losing in the NBA Finals later that year and losing LeBron. If if Dan Gilbert's leadership had allowed them to keep Kyrie Irving, I don't know 2018 ends as poorly with you losing LeBron and then being stuck with the lesser of the big three, Kevin Love being the only guy left from that team of your superstar players. Um, if you had pulled off the Paul George trade for Kevin Love in a first-round pick, I, that there's another thing. There's another what-if domino. And I think part of the reason why Cavs fans have been stuck in this mode of, I just want to enjoy it is that I think you understand, and I think we all understand, it. it is an unspoken thing that on one hand, we're terrified that this team isn't going to show up in the playoffs, which is a valid concern after the way last year went. And the other way is, we also understand the importance of this playoffs. And I think and the importance of going deep into the playoffs and what a what a Eastern Conference Finals run or an NBA Finals would would basically mean to this team, even if you don't win it, just going that deep in the playoffs at either the third round of the playoffs or the final round of the playoffs would be gigantic because it would change the way people think about the Cavs organization. It would change maybe the way Donovan feels, and I don't want to say change. It would it would encourage Donovan to look at Cleveland as his long term destination, and. And maybe, at the very least, incentivize him to sign the contract extension this offseason and then play wait and see for the next two years. Maybe get you an extra year with Donovan to see what you do on the other side. So it's almost impossible to to talk about the weight and explain the the weight of the next 30-plus regular season games and and really the postseason for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And some of that is just the, the blatant fact you did diddly squat in the playoffs last year, you had home court advantage. You were one of the four best teams in the East, and you got bullied, beat up, and everything. I'm not trying to relitigate that, but it is important context because I think that was the moment where everybody, all the Cavs fans out there, including myself, turtled. And we stopped treating the Donovan trade for what it is. The Donovan trade is the single ballsiest, most comprehensive look at me put him on the table move in Cavs history since they traded for Larry Nance or or brought LeBron James back. And with that comes expectations. But because they lost in the playoffs to the way they did, we've all turtled. And it's funny, like, I've been listening to everybody over the last couple weeks. And this morning it was with JP and and, and AB, which sounds like a a kid's program. It's AB and JP in the mornings. Um, But listen to Andy Baskin and, and Jonathan, and they... They did the same thing I think Daryl was doing and has been doing with me the last couple of weeks. And what I've heard everybody else, well, it'd be really nice just to get to the second round. Guys, let's be real honest here. Two years ago when they made that trade for Donovan Mitchell, if I had said, all right, you're going to get into two years, a pivotal summer, going into a pivotal summer for Donovan Mitchell, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the future direction of the organization, and you'll have won one playoff series. Would we have would would we have felt as confident about that deal? Would we have would we have puffed out our chest and been as excited about the next two seasons? No. So why are we selling short those expectations now? And again, I do understand the why. The why is we all got shook 
in how badly this team played and how badly they turtled in the, that first-round series against the Knicks. So it is completely logical to all of a sudden, we're not going to talk mess and we're not going to buy into any of this stuff until we see it in the postseason. But that doesn't change the expectations we had two years ago. And guys, listen, has Evan taken the, the big third-year jump that we were hoping for? No. The three-point shooting is a nice run here, and I hope it stays. Um, has Darius continued up that 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 ridiculous pace that he had last year where he was had similar numbers to two years ago, but once you dug into the efficiency, was a far more efficient player playing next to, to Donovan Mitchell? Well, no, he's had injuries this year. Am I any closer to the truth about whether you can win with two ball-dominant guards and whether you can keep this momentum up of the 18 of 20 games and the the the, the overlaps in your bigs? No, but that doesn't change the, the number one thing. When we traded for Donovan Mitchell, the expectation was you were going to be a real contender in the Eastern Conference. So it doesn't matter what happened last year in the playoffs. What matters is where they're going now. And so because they turtled in the playoffs, we have to do the opposite. We have to hold firm on the expectations, and we can't live in our fears. Listen, guys, it's really okay. We get into this thing of, well, did you meet expectations, yes or no? So then we lower our expectations so we don't, we don't feel the need to be disappointed. But, guys, that's the point of trading for Donovan Mitchell. You didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell, so two years later we could be talking about having to turn around and trade him again. This whole two years, it's always been an audition. It's always been, uh, can we keep him and can we build into a sustained contending team in the Eastern Conference? And at least as of right now, the path is there. Giannis and the Bucks don't know their head from their ass. Uh, Doc Rivers is telling everyone why he didn't want to take the job. He's been on the job for five games. Joel Embiid, uh, Joel Embiid who you do nobody in the East has a real answer for Joel Embiid. Not even Miami with Bam, except maybe Milwaukee. So Joel Embiid might be out the rest of the season, could be out until the very end of the regular season. So two of the most formidable teams, two of the Kings, two of the hunted teams in the Eastern Conference are down bad. So that's an opportunity for the Cavs, for the Knicks, for the Pacers. Uh, I don't know they're going to do it, but for the Heat, for every team that has a legitimate chance to be something in the East, the path is there. And you have the hottest team in the NBA. So I understand if we all want to turtle, I'm here to say, guys, we got to stop it. I'm not, this isn't the same as we got to pound our chest and just wait to the Eastern Conference Finals like with LeBron or just wake me up when the NBA Finals start. It's, that's not the same thing. But there's something in between. We are the biggest, baddest, and the most dangerous team in the NBA or in the Eastern Conference. And, oh, gosh, it's just nice to be here. I think it's time to act like we belong. And how do you act like you belong going to the second half? You have real expectations for the team. So when I say the expectation is make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm leaving room where the context, if, if let's say you don't make it there, the context becomes whether I should be disappointed or not. If you lose in a pivotal game seven to Giannis in the Bucks in the second round of the playoffs, I can't be disappointed. It's Giannis friggin' Antetokounmpo, okay? And it's game seven. 
that's completely different than if you get bounced out in the first round or the second round and at any point lose in five games when you have home uh, home court advantage and when you have everything going in your favor outside of playoff experience like you did last year. So I get the, oh, I just want to enjoy it. I just want it. Guys, cut. We got to cut it out. It makes no sense. It is time to start acting like the Cavaliers are what they have been through the first 50 games of this season, the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, and until proven otherwise, the hottest team in the East and maybe in the NBA across the last 20 games. I get we don't want to be disappointed. I think it would be really disappointing if we just got through the next two years and lost Donovan Mitchell because, well, it was just good to be there. Yeah, you know what? We're just happy to kind of be there. That's not how I want the Cavs organization to act. I don't think it's how you and I should act. 216-474-0092. Where do you set, I don't want to say set these second half expectations. Where do your second half expectations begin? Whether that's in the postseason, whether that's in the regular season. Because I care about getting the two seed. I care a hell of a lot more that this team acts and goes out and plays like a two seed into the postseason and beyond, whether they end up being the three seed or the two seed or the four seed. The two seed is that thing that makes you feel good in the offseason when you get your ass kicked in the playoffs. That's nice. It doesn't mean a damn thing if you don't go ahead and do something in the postseason. That's where we are. I think sometimes we do the thing of, well, I just really want to like the team, and then I'll just be happy with whatever. That's not really kind of how this works. Expectations matter for a reason, and expectations and accountability do go hand in hand. That also doesn't mean, well, they didn't meet the expectations, so fire everybody. That's sports talk mentality. That's 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 come up the last 30 years, 40 years with the growth of sports talk. That's not always aligned with reality. And good organizations can say, well, we didn't meet expectations. Why? But I don't see any reason why we should think the Cavs don't meet expectations if you set them high. Like, well, all the, all the little generalities that they've had, well, but, you know, undersized backcourts. Okay, but there have also been undersized backcourts to make the conference finals before. Also, um, you know, Dame Lillard and C.J. McCollum never had Evan Mobley. It, it, honestly, they never even had a player like uh, Jared Allen after LaMarcus Aldridge left. We've archived all the past episodes so you can hear what you missed, but don't miss the next live episode of Carmen and Lima's Emerging Podcast Scene Tuesday morning at 10.15 presented by Extend Technologies on the 92.3 The Fan Extra Channel, part of the free Odyssey app. And here's why I think it matters. I think people want this thing to go linearly. I want, I think people want, well, okay, you lost in the playoffs last year. So let's next year, you know, this year we'll go to the second round and then maybe next year go to the third round. And then maybe, uh, maybe, maybe two years from, maybe the NBA finals. That's just not how it works. The Boston Celtics made four straight Eastern conference finals runs before they ended up getting into the finals for the first time with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown three years ago. So that was four straight years with that young core where they, and the first two years were the Cavs. And then it was, I think, Milwaukee and Toronto or strike that and reverse it. And there was one of those years in between where they ended up topping out in the second round and they could have traded Jalen Brown or they could have traded Jason Tatum. They could have chose between those two. Instead, they did what pretty much every NBA team with this kind of talent around them they continued to build and push until they got the team that got them into the NBA Finals. 
this year feels like the best iteration. This has been this thing with the Celtics guys. It's if they win the NBA Finals this year, it'll be a culmination of roughly seven years of building from the time they drafted Jalen Brown one year, Jason Tatum the next year, and then there was the Kyrie trade, which could be our iteration of the Donovan trade for all we know going forward, where it was too much too soon and it just didn't fit their timeline. Now, the difference is Kyrie left him high and dry. I don't think we have to worry about that with Donovan, who actually has a little class to him and a little decorum, and you can trust him if he says, I want to be here, that he would be here. Unfortunately, Kyrie is like the weather vane. He'll go whichever ever way the wind blows on any given day. That, and by the way, his prerogative. That's how the NBA works now. But my point is, like, there's a lot of moving parts with the Cavaliers, and I think it's just important that you you get to the Eastern Conference Finals as quick as humanly possible. But I don't think it's just for the obvious reasons. The obvious reasons are things like Donovan Mitchell's future. And can we get him, can we flip him to a hard commit to Cleveland long-term? That's something that I think either making the NBA Finals or Eastern Conference Finals matters for this year specifically. And why we shouldn't just be, ah, whatever happens, it's okay. So that matters. I think the Cavs coaching situation, the sooner you realize, listen, going to the Eastern Conference Finals, I might still have questions about J.B. Bickerstaff. But you go to the Eastern Conference Finals, even though I have those real questions about, well, is the kind of coach that's going to win you a series? He will have won two series to get there. I can at least back off and feel more safe with J.B. as the coach. Roster construction, do you have to choose between Donovan and Darius? Do you have to choose between Jarrett and Evan? Those questions soften a little bit the deeper you go into the playoffs. Those are the obvious things at stake if you can make a deep playoff run. There's one that I don't think we've talked nearly enough about. We're going to get to that in just a second here, but as we start to set the second-half expectations, I am very curious where you guys are focused on. Are you focused on the two-seed? Are you playoff or bust? And I want to know if you guys are going along with this kind of what I think is a company line. I don't mean that in like a bad way, but I think the Cavs have been smart to slow play expectations because they know expectations can get you fired in the NBA. I just have been patient with my expectations. I think we all have. I think that time for patience is over because of everything I just described about what's riding on a deep playoff run. And here's the other reason, guys, the Cavs are the second best team in the Eastern Conference. So that's the kind of thing you can say there's valid proof to show that they belong in that conversation. Right now, not a damn person in the NBA. Not, I shouldn't say not a damn person. Consistently across the board, people are treating you like the little engine that could instead of one of the team that deserves to be in the conversation. David, welcome to the show, buddy. What you got for us? Hey, how you doing? Very good. Welcome to the show. Um, I just wanted to say uh, before when you were talking about the whole Donovan trade, um, I totally agree with you. I I mean, when they traded for him, I'm sure it, in the back of their minds, they weren't saying, okay, we're going to trade for Donovan and we're going to just hope to make it to the second round and be content with that. And the other thing I wanted to say was I also agree with you. There's no reason that they should settle for anything less than the second seed because unless the Celtics have like a total free fall and they just suck the rest of the year, I, I don't think they're going to catch the Celtics for the one seed, so they should aim for the second seed. David, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you very much. 216-474-0092 if you want to hop in like David. Anik Wilson says if you want to hop in uh, on X or 
my Instagram DMs. I'm a married man, but uh, you can still slide in. Shoot your shot, king or queen. Shoot your shot, I say. And, of course, social media reactions on X powered by Shivin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. And I think Evan Mobley, to me, is why a deep playoff run matters more than anything. And I think he's the thing we're not all thinking about. Because I think people have done this thing where, and, I, and by the way, it's not just him. Tim Bontemps, who we've got on in, in 15 minutes, at one point called Evan Mobley his most disappointing player in the NBA developmentally because he didn't take the big third-year jump that everyone had hoped at the beginning of the season. And I continue to wonder, and it's not a no. I, 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 def- I think sometimes we're not curious enough about things. We don't, we don't open up the possibility to, well, this is what it is, but could it also be this? And so, like, I wonder how much of Evan's development has been impacted by learning to play with two ball-dominant guards and a center who he has some overlap with. It doesn't mean that they can't round off those edges and all play well together, but like, yeah, like in the case of Lamelo, guys, who the hell is 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 challenging Lamelo for the ball in in Charlotte? They don't win. Ter- even Terry Rozier was a guy that played off the ball with with Lamelo. Even Miles Bridge, all the guys they have around him, nobody's challenging Lamelo and getting in the way of his development. Um, Victor Wembanyama, they're not winning enough to have these questions about fit and all this because they're just learning to play together with him and Kelton Johnson and Vassell and all those other guys. So look at the the situation Evan Mobley was birthed into is pretty uncommon in the NBA, which is within the first three years of your career, you're winning more than you're losing and you have real playoff expectations. I mean, Anthony Edwards is finally there this year. He wasn't last year. They were, they were more competitive, but the expectations were about Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and the, D'Angelo Russell and the 75 iterations of players they put around Cat as they were for Anthony Edwards. So, like, nobody blamed Anthony Edwards for scoring a bunch of points, not playing great defense, and not becoming the full force that he is this year until this year. And even that, that success four years in, a lot of these guys in an era where teams are just, well, we're not tanking, but we're certainly not trying to win. We care more about development. The Cavs flipped that switch going into second year for for Evan Mobley. But I think the reason why the playoffs matter is this. I, d- I think we've all slept on the fact that that third-year jump for Evan can still be coming. For one, for one I think the three-point shooting uh, in a limited basis has been brilliant. And I... I for a, for a kid who has talked about the key to confidence, I think the Cavs have done, and I want to laud JB because I've had my criticisms, I want to laud JB Bickerstaff for continuing to push him and put him into situations where he's getting those looks and feels comfortable to take those looks. So I already think we're kind of starting to see some of that offensive stuff that we were hoping for. It's not as fast, not as dominant as we'd hoped for. It's still, you kind of see the raw makings there. But I think people forget how many times young guys get that first taste of a deep playoff run and how transformative it can be for young developmental players. Bam Adebayo was a guy who had a really nice, and I can't remember if it was the second or third season, really nice player. And that first deep playoff run, and I actually think it was during the the bubble. And you saw Bam Adebayo play as one of the five most dominant players in the NBA. 
because the longer he got into that environment, he and he accustomed he became accustomed to the pressurized environment in the NBA playoffs, he acclimated. And so even though he hasn't kept that up, by the way, like he's been a really damn good player. He's one of their three most important players. But he didn't become one of the three most dominant bigs night in, night out in the NBA. But in that moment, you saw him take steps developmentally that honestly just don't happen in the postseason. And I think that's kind of what could be at stake for Evan. That doesn't mean I'm expecting him to all of a sudden he's going to score 30 points a night and 15 rebounds and all that. But like a lot of people, because he didn't storm out of the gates this year and he was the unicorn game one. Well, I guess he's not the unicorn. Well, I guess, I guess his development will have to wait. That's not really how the NBA works. As a matter of fact, being in a winning situation, especially in the playoffs, tends to bring out development and young bigs are a great starting point. That's not just young bigs. You can go back to the first exposure that Steph, Clay, and Draymond got in the playoffs. That's before they went to the uh, NBA Finals in 2015 and won. And by the way, that was fast-tracked. That was a team that went from, eh, maybe a playoff team in a loaded West to being the NBA champions within like three years. That doesn't happen. But so much of that growth and development and them kind of bonding together in a real way was absolutely tied to them getting that taste of the playoffs together. So I look at this, and listen, if you can go to the Eastern Conference Finals or more, and I think that should be the expectation. I don't think the expectation, I don't think we should be satisfied if they don't do that this year, depending on the context. Yep, you might have a better chance of keeping Donovan. Maybe it keeps Donovan in Cleveland. Yep, you probably have a better answer on JB and whether he's your coach going forward. Something tangible. Yep. You kind of have a better understanding about the pieces around Darius Donovan, Jarrett, and Evan. But more importantly, this might be the next great opportunity for Evan Mobley to be the guy that he was drafted to be. And when that happens, guys, all of a sudden, the Eastern Conference Finals will look like like chump change compared to what you can do if Evan Mobley thrives in a playoff run. Because the only way you can beat Boston... Like, you can get to Boston without Evan Mobley becoming the unicorn and, and having that, that third year or that, that, play, that deep playoff run jump. But the way you beat Boston is by Evan Mobley taking over a series. You don't do that unless he just continues to get one round, two round, three rounds under his belt. We're talking about uh, the second half expectations for the Cavaliers. We get to see, really, whether the Cavs can keep up that hot pace of 18 of the last 20 games uh, that they won at the end of the uh, the first half of the regular season. And to talk about that and more, we head out to the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline and welcome on ESPN NBA writer Tim Bontemps. Tim, welcome to the show. Oh, how you doing? We're doing pretty well here. I Do we need to change the, the, uh, the verbiage because it's not really the second half of the season? since like 65% of the NBA season has come and gone? Because I've seen a lot of old heads get really mad about calling it the, the second half of the NBA season in line starting tonight for the Cavs. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All I know is that I didn't get any time off this week, and I'm back to work again today. And that's uh, that's all I really know. So it didn't seem like there was any first or second half for me personally. I uh, I feel like a lot of NBA reporters have to deal with the grind. I don't think people realize it's a break for only people like me who don't have to cover the team. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> I said Cavs Bulls earlier. It's Cavs Magic tonight. Um, so I'm curious, yeah. you know. Cavs that right now the two seed in the Eastern Conference. Do you view them as a legitimate two seed, or do you kind of view them as a benefactor of a step back, a momentary step back from the Bucks and Sixers? I mean, I guess so it depends on how you define a legitimate two seed, right? Like if you say, do I think they're a legitimate championship contender? I don't. Um, do I think they're going to finish as the two seed? I do because I I think that, or at least they have a very good chance to. Um, because you know, I'm in Philadelphia to see the Knicks and Sixers and then the Sixers and Cavs tomorrow. And the Knicks and Sixers are both really banged up and the Bucks are going through all sorts of stuff. And the Cavs are you know, relatively healthy and have their group together. And if they can you know, make it through a pretty condensed schedule here coming out of the break as part of their going to Paris last month, um, I think they're in really good position to be the second seed in the East. And certainly that would give them, you know, the possibility of, you know, get, or what it would give them the reality of having home court through the first two rounds of the playoffs. And certainly I don't need to tell you about how long it's been since they've won a playoff series without LeBron. And certainly, you know, puts them in a position to have some success in the playoffs they haven't had in 30 years. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I think, I think as far as, their playoff positioning. I absolutely think they're legitimately, you know, they have a really legitimate shot to be the two seed. And then as far as, you know, championship contention, I think we still need to see how this looks in the playoffs before I'm going to really come anywhere near saying that, but it's, you know, it's again, for a group that has not had this kind of success without the guy from Akron in a long time, it's, you know, it's, it's really tangible progress and we'll see how the next couple of months shake out. Tim, you mentioned not thinking they're an NBA title contender. You can drop teams into specific buckets, NBA title contender, Eastern Conference Finals contender, you know, mm-hmm. playoff contender, all that. Is there anything the Cavs can do before the playoffs to show you that they are at the least an Eastern Conference Finals contender or maybe even an NBA title contender? It's hard for me to see the scenario where they're good enough to be a real title contender to me, almost regardless of what happens. Um, I think they could make the conference finals now, like especially if they get matchups to fall a certain way. 
because um, they are a very good team, and I do, I do think they will match up you know, favorably in certain matchups in the playoffs. I mean, look, I, I've been saying for a long time, the key really to their entire operation is Evan Mobley and whether he in particular can become a much more dynamic offensive player and specifically if he, if he can become a much better and more consistent threat from behind the three-point arc, right? And obviously since coming back from uh, the knee surgery, he's hit some shots and he's taken a couple threes, which has been very encouraging. Um, you know, ideally he eventually gets to a place where he's taken four or five a game, every game and is a real, becomes a real weapon out there because I think that changes the long-term trajectory of having him and Jared Allen together, who has been playing out of his mind over the past couple of months while they didn't have Evan Mobley on the court. So I think in the longer term, you know, if over the next couple of months, Evan starts consistently shooting three to four threes a game, even if he's going one for four every game, if he's shot four threes a game for the next two months, I would feel a lot better about where the Cavs are going to sit in both the short and medium term as a contending team. Um, but look, I, it's like, it's also – it's also one of those things. It's like, you know, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, who, where people rank on MVP lists, right? Like I know Donovan was talking about it last week after Mastropo came out. Like it's not a, it's not a shame to be the sixth or seventh best team in the league. Right. And like the Cavs are probably right now somewhere in the like, you know, six to 10 range among teams in the league, which is really good. And, you know, especially if the East continues to be a morass of injuries and drama across the board. Like if you told me that Celtics Cavs is the Eastern conference finals in late May, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So like, you know, I, I think the Cavs have certainly positioned themselves to have some real success this spring. And I, I'm, I'm genuinely pretty excited to see how the next couple months go. It's going to be very interesting to watch. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA uh, writer on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You mentioned Evan Mobley. Some fans, uh, some Cavs fans took uh, exception to what you said about uh, about Evan and his development in year three. Uh, this was before he came back from the injury, obviously. And I'm just, sure. I'm, I'm, you know, that we we tend to take a lot of things seriously, as, as most fans do. But I'm just curious, yes. from what you've seen since he came back off the injury, do you think... Do you, are you buying into this, even though it's a small sample size, that this could be the turning point for him in terms of what he does offensively? I mean, I get, again, I'm not trying to parse words at all, right? But, like, I just need to see a lot more than a handful of games where he took a couple threes, right? Like, he needs to become a – I'm not saying he has to become Carl Anthony Towns, but, like, he's got to become a consistent – threat with the ball from the perimeter. And like part of the reason I've focused on him so much, and I know it has upset Cavs <laughs> fans. I understand that. I work they, with Brian Windhorst I, all the time. I know where your the mentions Cavs fans a little are bit. at. Well, I, I mean, I, I just, I, Brian Windhorst is one of my best friends and we work together all the time. So I'm very aware of where the, uh, I'm very aware of where the Cavs fan psyche is at all times, but <laughs> I, I, the reason I've harped on his situation so much is because of 
it is really the critical question about the Cavs going forward, right? Because, like, when they made the Donovan Mitchell trade, they made that trade in large part as a bet on Evan Mobley, right? And, like, the idea that, hey, this is a super young, super talented guy that we think has a chance to be awesome right away and could potentially look like, I mean, look, like, the perfect vision of this team is Evan Mobley, to me, turns into a superstar power forward, right? And he becomes your number one player. And if he's your number one and Donovan's your number two, or you have two guys of that level, like, then you're talking about a team that's a championship-level team. And, you know, at this point, you know, we're like, what, I guess two and two-thirds or two and three-quarters of the way through his first three years in the league and you know like if he was having the year that scotty barnes for example is having this year in toronto right from a shooting perspective and an overall impact perspective like i would be talking about the Cavs much differently and i think a lot of people would be talking about the Cavs much differently and instead evan's offense overall has more or less been the same since his rookie year now like i said before he came back from the injury and he immediately started taking, you know, a couple threes every other game. I, I was immediately like, all right, this is a really good sign of progress. But to me, like, he, that's just got to get up to four or five attempts a game. So I know he's gone. I know he went two for 14. I don't remember exactly what he, I think he's maybe gone nine for 14 in the game since then or seven or something. So I know his percentage is up to like 41%. But you guys know if you're averaging one, three a game, if you're like teams aren't going to worry about guarding you from three, it doesn't matter if you're even making all of them, right? If you just stand out there and they throw you the ball and you shoot it and you make it one time, like if it messes up the team's spacing to leave that guy alone, they'll leave that guy alone and let him shoot it. So that's why to me, if he can, if he can become a really dynamic all around offensive threat, to go with his length and defensive versatility and all the other stuff he provides, then you're talking about a guy that's living up to the, you know, comparisons of being Chris Bosh, who I think is a criminally underrated player. And, you know, it's like, you know, it was truly a, you know, obviously a key part of four straight finals teams and two title teams with Miami. And it's like, if Evan Mobley becomes some version of Chris Bosh, which is what the hope was coming into the league, like the Cavs are a team with this core that you could look at and say, that's a team that's got a chance to win a title. If he's, you know, something less than that, the path to getting there is a lot more narrow. And some of that's just because winning a title is really, really hard. And there's a reason why only a handful of teams get to that level. But, you know, that's why I've, that's why I've paid so much attention to it. And to go back to your original question, I am encouraged with him shooting more um, coming out of the, the injury and into the break, but it's going to be one of the things I'm really paying attention to the most over the next six weeks across the entire league. Because as we talked about at the beginning, the Cavs have a real opportunity to be the second seed in the East. They're going to have home court in the first two rounds. They should have a real opportunity to make the conference finals, which would be a massive accomplishment. And 
if Evan Mobley becomes a better offensive player between now and mid-April, the chances of them doing that go up significantly, and the chances of them taking further steps in the future also go up significantly. So I'm, I am encouraged by it, but I still want to see more, I guess, is the ultimate answer. Tim? We appreciate you, buddy. Uh, we Really good stuff there. Uh, we'll be reacting to it for the next hour or so. And uh, again, man, uh, enjoy the second half. One of these days, you'll get a, a break right around uh, June or maybe July or maybe even August. Yes, I would say about August 1st. Uh, <laughs> but thanks thanks for having me, guys. And uh, best of luck to the Cavs going forward. Thank you so much. Tim Bontemps there, uh, senior NBA writer for ESPN on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.